welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're covering... The Exiles again. And we're following that up with the last story that featured... Beak. Sort of. Uh, yeah, this week we are covering Exiles Volume 1, number 69. <laughs> through 71. And then the Vengeance miniseries, because that also features Beak. And, uh, yeah, this is the start of the World Tour arc, which wraps up the really good parts of Exiles. And it was written by Tony Bedard, with pencils by Paul Pelletier, inks by Rick Magyar, with Hennessy and Mikas. Also doing some backup inks, colors by Wynn Quintana, and letters by Dave Sharp. And we start off with like a recap of Beak's life, about him turning into a mutant chicken man and going into the remedial class at the Xavier School, having kids with his wife Angel Salvador, which is weirdly misspelled as Salvatore, and and then getting drafted into the Exiles. His world, the 616, has had issues coming up on the computers at the Crystal Palace because the Exiles base is currently under reconstruction and weird stuff has been happening. And let's go over the other current members of the team. Are you ready, Devin? I'm ready. So there's Heather Hudson. She is the former Wendigo who lost her powers and is kind of Sasquatch. now like the... Oh yeah, I guess Sasquatch. Who is now basically like the team like tech leader now mm-hmm. in the crystal palace there's morph uh he can change shapes into anything he wants to be he's basically a human ditto Sabretooth. uh Sabretooth. he is from the age of apocalypse he is good he's kind of the father figure of blink and hates her boyfriend mimic and then there's blink Everyone's favorite leader of the Exiles. She can teleport using by throwing like little crystal daggers. And she's purple, also from the Age of Apocalypse. And then there's her shitty boyfriend, Mimic. Mimic is a tool bag that no one actually really likes. And he has some weird skin disease now. He's Hopefully got de- it stays. He's got Deadpool skin. Which didn't make a lot of sense. Because Deadpool is Deadpool skin because he also has cancer. Yeah, the healing factor thing is a bit inconsistent, but are you going to complain about this happening to Mimic? No. Actually, if anything, he should die. Oh, well. Because that, enti- that was the really great moment of um, the Deadpool tie-in to Secret Invasion. Did you ever read that? Uh, I think I have, but it's been a while. It's where the Skrulls, like, oh, decide to take Deadpool's healing factor, and Deadpool's supposed to lead them. And he ends up pissing them off, and right before they're about to execute him, they all explode. To which Deadpool, like, meanly says to them, it's like, oh, it's because I have cancer. Mm. That's like, and the healing factor counteracts the cancer. You don't have cancer. So you're just, like, growing tissue for no reason. <laughs> So I guess that's what would have happened with uh, Deadpool, and because he's got like the Wolverine factor, yeah, it's, it's uh, keeping it in check. But this artist does a lot better of a job depicting it. Yes, much better. And 
Luckily, the Time Breakers, who are the insect people who have been running the Crystal Palace, they figured out how to get Beak back into his world, even though they can't really see inside of it. And so everyone except for Heather goes along, and they end up having a horrible teleport in, and it turns out that they are now in the House of M version of the 616. And they're like, this isn't the Earth that we remember visiting several times before at all. And so as they are wandering around, Beak ends up seeing that his girlfriend and wife in the normal 616 is now a his model. girlfriend and wife? His wife. Well, actually, I don't know if they ever... I don't think they're actually married. I think they're just girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. Dang, Beak. Put a ring on it. Beak doesn't want to get tied down by commitment, Luke. Yeah, so... In this universe, she is a jeans model, and she's also a lot thinner than she is normally in, like, the 616. Like, that was a weird thing. She's a lot more sexualized in this comic. Yeah. That's because she's a model. Yeah, but... Really, I didn't think she was that, like, much thinner. I mean, she is thinner, but not... Well, she had, like, a gut in the uh, Morrison stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, they eventually... Or... So we get to see her, and she's, like, a big partier. And she's also being stalked by a strange mutant. When she leaves the party at the night, Blunderbuss, who is the bouncer, ends up seeing her leave, and then sees that she is being followed by this stalker, and he pieces together that this stalker may be the serial-killing mutant known as Mutant X. When Blunderbuss tries to kill him because his arm turns into a gun, uh, Mutant X survives, and it turns out that Mutant X is Proteus, the son of Moira McTaggart, who can warp reality, possess people, and when he possesses people, he uses their energy, leaving them as shriveled husks, so he then takes over Blunderbuss. I like that this was called World Tour because this is actually the exact same plotline of the third volume of Ultimate X-Men. Where they're trying to kill Proteus, and it is also called World Tour. That is a very weird coincidence. Let's see when... Uh... Where, uh, Ultimate X-Men would have come out before. Huh. Well, I guess it's not like the most original title, but... It's not, but it's more of you're fighting the exact same villain. Yeah. Interesting coincidence. Yeah. And so Beak ends up finding Angel, and he he hasn't, like, put together that in this universe they may have not been together since he hasn't even done, like, what a lot of the other people did when they visited this universe where they, like, were changed to fit in. Like with the uh, Captain Britain stuff. But I'd say that's because he's still unstuck from time. Yeah. And so he's like, where are our children? Which is the last time he ever asks that question. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't recognize him. He is a weird chicken man. And so she uh, kicks him to the curb and comes home to find the now-possessed blunderbuss who is waiting for her. And Blunderbuss's body ran out of energy really quick, so he possesses her instead. The other exiles are, like, reflecting on how much of a better world this is, for the most part. And it's like, except for Beak. It's I like, mean, for the most part, it's true for them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like Sabretooth doesn't even want it to change, and he pulls up the, yeah, well, how many kids won't be born if we revert it back to your universe? It's true. And, and so Beak ends up seeing Angel again while Mimic and Sabretooth are having this big argument, and this time Angel ends up abducting him, and when they notice that he's been gone, a mysterious woman confronts the exiles but needs him to get off the streets first. It takes him to a human, like, halfway home. Well, not really a halfway home. It's like a soup kitchen. Yeah. Because she is actually Moira McTaggart, the world-famous scientist, who is also the mother of Proteus. And because she had wanted to remove his powers, she became, like, Magneta's number one scientific enemy, so she is on the run. They end up finding about... Uh, did you ever read... Wait, I think we've actually covered stuff with Proteus before. In the podcast. Did we? I think so. I didn't think so. Let's look it up on the website. Proteus. Mutant X. I don't know, I, I have a weird memory that we did sometime, but maybe not. I think we covered something that was similar to it. That... So, like some of Possession, I want to say we did, but I don't think we did one for specifically him. Or here, let's go to the Proteus Wikipedia page. And go to... Other versions. Yeah, it didn't, definitely not, because the only other thing, it's there's a Star Trek X-Men crossover, which he was in, and then Ultimate Marvel in the specific storyline that I mentioned is also Proteus. I think it might have been uh, Legion who, like, weirdly gets combined with him a lot of the time. Probably. Okay. Because well, that... it was Legion, I think, who was... Technically the Proteus of the Ultimate Marvel. Yeah, they were combined in that universe. And he also had Xavier's last name. Yeah, so he was David Xavier instead. Yeah. Which, I guess, cuts down on the characters that you have to introduce. Exactly. And it makes, and it makes Xavier slightly less worse because he didn't end up using... He didn't end up entering into a relationship with his uh, psychologist, with one of his therapy patients. Mm -hmm. Yay, slightly better Xavier, who still can't defeat his number one enemy, Stairs. Remember, in while. he got he got his legs back for a while. Yeah, but there's that great panel where uh, the weird ass Ultimate Universe Mister Sinister just threw him downstairs. Uh, that's how a lot of people defeated Charles Xavier. That's how, um... I believe is how he got killed. He's died so many times. I believe, But I believe Ultimate Charles died because Magneto pushed him down a flight of stairs. So the uh, Exiles are told that they need to get out now. Uh, they also, like, quickly find out about how the 616 X-Men defeated him, which was turning into metal and punching the shit out of him. But the exiles are kicked out because the building is supposed to only be for sapiens. And that's when the swarm of sentinels bust in after Moira. And the exiles are able to fight back and get her outside. 
Meanwhile, Mutant X has demanded that Beak tells her everything about the Exiles, and Mutant X has started warping reality, and so the Exiles face Mutant X down. I'm not entirely sure whether... Well, I guess I'd use the male pronouns for uh, Mutant X, so... Yeah, because, I mean, it is a... Yeah, just in a female body. So Mutant X is able to break into the Crystal Palace and steals most of the files on other universes as Angel's body is becoming more and more desiccated. And the Exiles are also faced to force down their uh, deepest fear until Mimic tries to blast Mutant X, but it turns out that he is actually blasting Sabretooth. And then Mimic sees his greatest deal, which is Blink becoming like a Jessica Rabbit caricature and then being in love with Sabretooth. Oh, he dissolves into a pile of weird old flesh. Here's the thing. I am honestly okay with that universe. Yeah. And then Moira ends up shooting her son. I want Mimic to turn into a pile of jelly, of flesh jelly. Well, I don't actually remember what happens, but... They're, they're going to be chasing his dumb ass for a while. Good. Mutant X tries to jump into his mother's body, only for Mimic to stop him. Only for... And as a result, Mutant X goes into Mimic, who then wipes the floor with the Exiles. Meanwhile, the events of the series House of M are happening, so the world starts reverting back. Beak is cradling Wait, his... Skip where Mora McTaggart shoots herself. Did she shoot herself? Yeah. I'm looking at the panel right now. He get, tries to go into her, and she says, not like oh. this, and then you see a blam. I totally forgot that in my notes. Yeah, she so she kills herself, herself. Which is why he has to go into Mimic. Because Mimic's the worst. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I'm going to let my guard down for half a second. Well, his arm is weirdly turned into, like, snakes and flesh. Because he hesitated. Yep. Colossus didn't hesitate. He just had trauma for, like, a few issues. Exactly. So, Beak is cradling... Everyone should be more like Colossus. Da. Iliana Snowflake. Katya. Mikhail. Russia. Uh, yeah, so as the universe is coming to an end, Beak is cradling his wife in his arms, and, like, in a total sort of dick move slash thing that's ultimately pointless, Blink pulls out the super cure that they had gotten that is supposed to fix uh, Mimic's skin, and gives it to Angel, who, like, as soon as she puts it in, Everyone except for Beak is taken back to the Crystal Palace. Mimic has vanished at this time. And uh, as Beak looks on, the world returns to the normal 616 universe, except because Wanda said no more mutants. Beak and Angel, who are weirdly in the same clothes that they had been in before, uh, they're now human. Let's be real though for a second. Blink was always, or Beak was always wearing those clothes. Yeah, but, like, Angel was wearing her model, like, go-out-and-party outfit. Oh, yeah. Which she You don't know what she was doing before she left, before House of M was happening? I guess. Maybe Wolverine was babysitting the kids for the night so Angel could go out and party. Mm Mm-hmm. 
with well, other angel. And speaking of all the other kids, they are human except for Tito. And the exiles now need to save the universe by stopping Nimic with a vengeance. And now do you know why Tito is left as a mutant? No. Because at the end of Grant Morrison's arc, Tito was a part of the weird future story that's also like a uh, Wizard of Oz, except with the X-Men. Oh, okay. We can cover that sometime. And so afterwards... Is he the dog? Is he like Toto? No. Oh, okay. Uh, He is the uh, Scarecrow. That's dumb. He should be the dog. The child of Beak, that's the best that he honestly can hope for in life. If I remember, the uh, dog is actually like a sentinel. That could be misremembering. Because, yeah, I think it's uh, like Justin Stafford is the uh, Dorothy character and his sentinel is the uh, Toto character. Oh, nice. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. Remember that the other great... Um interpretation of angel though in that in um x-men first class oh where he wasn't horribly miscast at all yeah sorry lenny kravitz your daughter can't act she wasn't bad in fury road she did nothing in fury road though she didn't have to like act i guess she had like three lines has she had anything where she has had to, like, act more? Apart from X-Men, probably not. Let's look it up. Actually, I think she was in something. I just didn't see uh, She was in After Earth, uh, the Divergent series. I was going to say, that was where I thought she was in. I haven't seen that. I saw the first one. It was okay. She's in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That movie I am not excited about at all. I bet she's going to be some type of magical creature. Probably. Currently, she is playing the character TBA. She's played TBA in two films. Man. Oh, she was in Dope. Oh, I still haven't had a chance to see that yet. Oh, that is... Dope is good. That's what I've heard. And then she was in nothing else. Re- oh, yeah. Oh, man, after I remember how bad that movie was. Well, I mentioned that, but no, I have not seen yeah. it. Yeah, I actually wanted to comment on it because I've actually seen it and it looked bad. M. Night, yeah, remember that... when you're like the worst. Though at the same time, you actually have me mildly intrigued about your newest film. What's it about? Uh, James McAvoy, he has, like, he's basically Legion. He has, like, 23 different personalities. Huh. Yeah, he's, like, and he kidnaps some people. Weird. And it's them trying to escape by, like, and one of them might be a monster. I don't know. And it's, like, them trying to, like, try to coax the better personalities into, like, letting them out and escaping. Well, next time, the Exiles are going off to the new universe, so I am working on getting something big for that coverage before we get into that story. Hooray! But let's uh, cover what happened to Beak after he left. 
So for a while, he joined the New Mutants along with Angel, Jubilee, Stacy X, and some other depowered mutants who were given like power suits by the second Night Thrasher. But nobody like references that story at all or really recognizes that it happened. Mainly because I think everyone was just really frustrated about what happened to the depowering of the mutants, especially some of the big ones who people liked. Or at least like the B and C list ones that people liked. Yes. Like Jubilee. And after that story is a story called Vengeance, or as I like to call it, we've got all these covers, we we should probably make a story that we can use them on. Oh, basically. Mm-hmm. Because all uh, I really Vengeance. remember are the covers. Yeah, it is a... I appreciate the story more after taking notes on it. But, uh, yeah, this is Vengeance 1 through 6, which was written by Joe Casey, with art by Nick Dragata, colors by Brad Simpsons, letters by Russ Wooton, and then those colors were drawn by Gabriela Di Otto. And we start off with the mysterious man who's, like, seeing the world falling apart, so he decides to do something. Meanwhile, in a nightclub, a teenage superhero named Ultimate Nullifier is dancing with Stacey X, who has scales, pheromone powers, used to be a stripper, and Joe Casey created her. And also, she's with her friend Sugarcane, who Joe Casey also created, and Stacey X, I think, was like one of the first bisexual characters. Hmm. And the weird thing was, she had been depowered. She was also in that new Mutants run, and weirdly, she's back to her normal mutant powers. Because this is like, oh, Joe Casey's like, I created these characters. I want to use them as I want. Maybe they got some Terrigen Mist. That's what uh, Quicksilver did. I think he'd probably turn her back into a mutant for sex. Probably. We have a flashback to 1944 where Hitler meets with the Red Skull and the Red Skull is ordered to deal with a eugenics program in Poland. At the base of the Teen Brigade, Beak and Angel are working as tech support as Miss America Chavez bursts into a secret prison and finds the emo kid version of the in-betweener. And we find out that they were sent here with information from a secret operative and the in-betweener is a galactic entity of balance. And I have no idea why he's really an emo kid other than he had to reform. And I guess they wanted to go for like a more androgynous look for him. And it's 2011 and that's still kind of in. Yeah, yeah. And so meanwhile, Stacey X, Sugarcane, and Ultimate Nullifier were totally boating in a three-way. When Magneto shows up, cock blocks him. So Nullifier hits Magneto with his gun that ends up temporarily removing Magneto's powers. The two of them get into a fight, so the women run out. And Magneto stops because he gets his powers back. And he's like, oh, I need to stop more mutants from doing bad mutant shit. And it turns out Ultimate Nullifier is happy because his mission was to stop Magneto from, I guess, recruiting Stacey X. Like, that's one of the things. This series is very, not necessarily metafictional or any, it, it's very metaphysical, I'd say. Like, there's stuff that's happening on a weird scale that's not really spelled out all that clearly. Yeah. Meanwhile, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent is meeting with Kyle Richmond, who is normally Nighthawk from the other universe. You may remember Nighthawk from the Squadron Supreme, 
He's sort of Batman. No, he just is Batman. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about how they've been... And they're talking about how someone has been selling and accessing, like, former S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets. The other Nighthawk, who is Hakeem Pennysworth, who is another Joe Casey creation, and who is also a member of the Defenders with She-Hulk, Warlord Warlord Krang, and Damon Hellstrom, they are tracking down Gargantus, who is not Fin Fang Foom, which is what I thought at first. He's just another weird old Kirby monster. Classic weird old Kirby monsters. Ultimate Nullifier returns and discusses how there are the new Teen Brigade, who, like the old Teen Brigade, secretly provides uh, support for superheroes. Like, they were the people who were, along with Loki, responsible for the formation of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Kristoff, who is the temporary ruler of Latveria, is preparing a party. A god from an elder dimension is waiting for a sacrifice. And a new teen version of the Masters of Evil, who are known as the Young Masters, which includes the gun-toting executioner from the Young Avengers Dark Reign series, Egghead, who is an android skinhead from that same series, Radioactive Kid, who is a kid version of the Radioactive Man. Watch out, Radioactive Man. Uh, Black Knight, who is a teenage girl, and Mako, who is a shark man, are meeting... Because they just got funding and they want to prove that the old villains are weak sauce. And Miss America is still carrying around the in-betweener when she is set upon by demons, but she is able to fight them off. Back in 1944 again, the Red Skull tosses a Russian scientist who is in charge of the eugenics program into a kill chamber where, where he gets atomized like Dr. Manhattan did. But he does not come back. Is Doctor Manhattan? He does not. Meanwhile, the young masters have ended up buying an old Hydra base that used to be in Pennsylvania, and we find out that the In Betweener doesn't really know what he is. Like the In Betweener just talks in weird metafictional speech the entire time. It's just like I, 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 I get the point, but it it gets very boring after a while. Mm-hmm. And the Teen Brigade ends up packing and moving on to a new location. As the ultimate nullifier warns of this oncoming invasion of demons that he's heard about. And at the Defender's base, Kyle Richmond shares what he found out about the stolen information. Namely, it includes a folder of things that should not exist, which interests his team. But then Damon Hellstrom is like, hey, I'm the son of hell, and there's a bunch of demons that have entered this world, and we should go fight them instead. Meanwhile, the Young Masters have tried to, like, track down Bullseye so they can, like, talk to him. But it turns out he, that, but it turns out that he's dead, and then Lady Bullseye shows up, takes down the entire team, kills Mako, and then, like, makes out with Bullseye's corpse. Nothing can destroy Mako. That was some bullshit. If I learned anything from Mass Effect, can't ever fucking kill the Mako. Yeah, you, you recently finished your Mass Effect playthrough, right? I did... I'm I'm debating playing it because I, I sort of ran through my attention span for uh, Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I can start playing the pit, and then like I walked in, a dude accidentally got exploded in the game crash, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm sort of done with Fallout. Let's go get some uh, White Castle. Nice. 
Mm-hmm. But yes, no, you should totally play Mass Effect. Friend of the show, uh... I'm blanking on her name Jen. now. Yes, uh, Jen Overstreet has been playing it a lot. Yes, I've been noticing. Yeah, I was sad that I can't post pictures as I've been going through my thing either. So the Team Brigade is trying to figure out what happened to the in-betweener, and they're in like a weird psychic plane, and it turns out that he was sort of killed by demons that named the Brackenhood, which he had like contained inside his body. And they want revenge for containing him, and they are also chaos beasts that want to destroy reality. Meanwhile, the mysterious man from the beginning, who we think is Larry Young, is found by Nighthawk, but it turns out that he is actually Jack Truman, which really doesn't mean anything unless you read all the other Joe Casey comics that he's written. But he's been the guy who's been leaking information. Mm-mm. And in 1944... Uh, Red Skull is at the Polish camp, and he has all the Russian eugenics experiments contained within it. Miss America has been fighting the Brackenhood because the in-betweener basically imprinted his energy on her to use her as a decoy. And the defenders, She-Hulk, Damon Hellstrom, and Warlord Krang show up to help her in the fight. Meanwhile, Beacon Angel go to warn Dr. Octopus that someone is going to try and upset the balance of good and evil. Outside, Electro and Rhino are fighting Black Knight. Ultimate Nullifier ends up depowering Electro, and then he essentially kills Egghead for the time being. Meanwhile, Black Knight, after defeating Rhino all by herself, faces down Sandman, and with help from the Ultimate Nullifier, they take him out. Beacon Angel tell Dr. Octopus that they don't really care about his plan, only that he is still around to do it. And, like, around 2011, this would have been, like, the Ends of the Earth stuff, right? Um, no, Ends of the Earth was slightly after that. Okay, well, this may have been, like, building up to that, though. Yeah, Ends of the Earth was, like, 2012. Yeah, so it, it would have been building up to it. Yeah. Like, the weird thing is, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff was, oh, we need to have a reference to this thing that's going to happen, so that's why Lady Bullseye should get Bullseye's body. Yes. And then have sex with his corpse. Mm-hmm. Because everyone wants to bring back Bullseye's body in that fantastic, uh, series. Uh, what's it called? Shadowland. Well, no, Shadowland was before this, though. Yeah. No, it been about the same time. No, because Shadowland was before I started working in the comic shop. And this was in 2011. Yeah, a year this was like a year before. Mm-hmm. So that would have been how Bullseye died at the time being. But then I think, I guess, they sort of bring him back to life. Well, they tried back to bring him back to life, and it kind of got fucked up. Yeah, which is why, like, in the Mark Wade Daredevil, he is stuck in the Iron Maiden. Yeah. Whoops, I'm Daredevil. I accidentally blinded him. I could have stopped it, but I was just too slow. Pretty much. So, as they're walking out, uh, the Executioner attacks Beacon Angel, and in the chaos, Radioactive Kid ends up attacking Ultimate Nullifier, burning his face. Nullifier blasts off Radioactive Kid. Miss America ends up saving him from the Executioner, so the battle ends, and the Young Masters retreat to fix up Egghead and regroup. Black Knight comes back in, and they announce that their next plan is to recruit Loki. 
1945, Red Skull had finished off his work at the camp, and he is told to return to Berlin as he prepares for the next big war, even though World War II is ending. Truman reveals that he was an agent who had previously fought Cable. He was beaten so badly that he was turned into a cyborg, who then fought the Red Skull, which were both in Joe Casey runs of comics. And then his mind was put into Larry Young, who was an old dude who worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. The real Larry ended up dying as a cyborg because he wasn't maintained enough. And, like I mentioned before, he's been feeding the information to the Teen Brigade. At a dance, Nullifier, who has his face all bandaged up, ends up finding Black Knight outside of her Black Knight gear. She takes him back to the base, and they totally bang. Meanwhile, the young masters meet with Loki, who is Kid Loki at the time because he had died, and this was in the Journey into Mystery series. Miss America bursts in, takes out the young masters, Loki summons a giant battle coat, and when she defeats it, she sends him into another dimension with the streaming idol. He ends up turning down the young master's invitation, and back at the Teen Brigade they notice that Miss America is out of this dimension. The in-betweener vanishes, and so only Beak and Angel are left together. Miss America finds herself surrounded by shades of other people who have been sent to this dimension by the Screaming Idol, and this dimension is ruled by Tibero, who is the Spirit of Decay, who is the Spirit of Decay, who is waiting for an actual person to show up, and so the Bracketheads start swarming. Tibero was actually an old-school Marvel villain from an old-school Marvel monster comic where a bunch of people were being sent to this dimension by him. Uh, Black Knight and the Nullifier talk more, and she reveals that they've gotten some notes from someone who uh, their only initial is Z, and it's about how Red Skull took all these Soviet eugenics experiments who they were going to make into superheroes, and then he killed them all in a concentration camp which is why Russia had not so many superheroes, and Congress found out about it, and they decided to keep it quiet, which is what the Red Skull wanted. And I'm not sure what, like, the point of this is supposed to be. It's like, okay, so... I like, would agree it, with you. It's not really shocking. Now, who did you think Z was? I actually didn't really know. Oh, like, at first I thought it was Zemo. Oh, that would have made sense, but no. Yeah. And so, Inbetweener shows up uh, to ask the Defenders for help to save Miss America. So they fly in on Damon Hellstrom's, like, chariot of horses. He is able to energize the Shades. Black Knight ends up quitting the Young Masters because she's got her own shit to deal with. And she leaves Ultimate Nullifier with their technology and access to their files. Meanwhile, the Defenders and Miss America are able to kill Tibero, but they're still stuck in the dimension. Nullifier returns and reveals that their final target is a Latvarian party. Uh, Agent Truman shows up and reveals that he's been their deep throat to them. Christoph Bernard, who is currently Doctor Doom, since the normal Doctor Doom was with the Fantastic Four at this time, is ruling Latveria, which is why they're actually having a party for once. The Masters launch their attack and start murdering people. Truman gets to run over Radioactive Kid, which is pretty fantastic. Nighthawk takes out Egghead. Egghead tries to threaten Kristoff, and Ultimate Nullifier and Inbetweener show up. And then the Dimension opens up. The Bracknud 
appear and start pouring out. And it's another one of those big old energy gateways that we see in so many sci-fi things nowadays. <sighs> the Defenders and Miss America come back, run over the Executioner. The fighting intensifies. Ultimate Nullifier is ready to kill uh, Executioner, but the in-betweener stops, saying that good and evil are both needed. So instead... Ultimate Nullifier knocks out the Executioner and then shoots two bullets into the Inbetweener, which, like, reboots him, closes the evil portal, takes the Brackenhood with them. Kristoff thanks the Defenders, the Team Brigade has vanished, and Egghead finds out who their informant is. It's Zodiac. Now, you had really liked the uh, Dark Reign Zodiac series, right? Yeah, it was good. Were you excited to see him back here? I was. Because, yeah, he's yeah. really... They haven't done he's, a whole lot with him recently. Yeah, I, I get the weird feeling that, like, uh, a lot of Joe Casey's stuff, he's the only person who really picks up on what he puts down. Yeah. Like, this is pretty much, oh, Joe Casey created these characters, so he is going to use them. Basically, because, yeah, because he never shows up. Because, like, even, like, the Zodiac that's currently bogging spider-man he's like not in that one that's not the same zodiac yeah that's like the they're based on the actual zodiac yeah yeah it's it's a really weird series and like their version of miss america is very different than the one that came from uh like the mcgilvy and uh gillen young avengers series Mm mm-hmm so, like, I'd say that they are different, uh, like, Miss Americas. Uh, but they're not, though, because there's only one. Because they're not actually from an alternate universe. They are from the Utopian Parallel. Yep. Sometime I figure we can cover Miss America a bit more, but we don't really have a universe to put on this week. No, we don't. Yeah. So, because we discussed uh, yeah. House of M, yeah. which we've already put on. And we've uh, discussed Vengeance, but that really didn't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I just wanted to still cover... Still 616, but so yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't have enough to cover Miss America unless we did want to separate her into two separate iterations, but it sounds like you're not up for that. Not right now, because, I mean, they can... Yeah. If we, if we go, like, explore her more, then yes. Yeah. But based like, off this what we have is... just now, no. Yeah, well, this one's very different because, like, she just randomly inserts a lot of, like, uh, Spanish slang. Mm-hmm. And she's not all that interesting. Though also not very interesting is, like, Ultimate Nullifier. Like, none of the characters are all that intriguing. Oh, no, not at all. So. Like, very yeah, this... un- uninteresting. Like, this entire series was made just to use those covers up. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's why you had, like, those really weird-ass cameos where it's like, oh, Doc Ock is on this cover, let's put Doc Ock in. Bullseye's on this cover, let's put Bullseye in. Oh, man. Magneto. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember when those came out, they are like, always, like, in the 50-cent bins because no one actually wanted them. Yeah, it's like, the covers are awesome. But the comic inside is a weird self self It was not what I expected the series to be. Mm-hmm. 
It's supposed to be like a sequel to Acts of Vengeance, and it is not. Yeah. Acts of Vengeance is awesome, from what I've heard. Yes, same here. Daredevil runs into Ultron with a truck. And Magneto puts uh, Red Skull into a mineshaft and leaves him to die. Silly Magneto, you should have finished the job. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But yes, next week, let's let's see what we are going to be covering. Let's go to... The Google Docs. The Google Docs. Next week, we're going to be covering the What If House of M... And then we may also be having a special of the week after uh, with stuff from uh, the King of Trios at for Chikara. But that's not confirmed. And then after that is New Universe, which we'll be figuring out what we're doing with that. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, let's get the wrap-up stuff done. Multiverse of Q is a weekly podcast if you want to know more information what issues uh, we're, we're covering in particular. Uh, if you want to see image galleries, if you want to see the Trials of the Multiverse list, go to MultiverseOfQ.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Libsyn, MZ, and a few other sites. If you have questions or universes that you want us to cover, let us know. We are more than happy to do that. If you enjoy the podcast... Uh, you can consider donating to us on Patreon. We currently have two backers, and they get bonus content every now and then. And, uh, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at FredOFett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on the Twitter at at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And you can also buy that comic that I wrote that's now available digitally online, Heroes International Number 1. And you can also find me at a few shows, including New York Comic Con, where I'll be selling those books. Uh, Yeah, that wraps us up for this week. Until next time, this one's for Hank. Hooray.